BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's pre-market prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. So the Apple and Tesla stock splits are official as uh, are the adjustments to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. We'll talk about that. Uh, implications going forward. Uh, big news over the weekend from Friday was probably this news out of Beijing that they're going to potentially uh, poo-poo this, this TikTok sale. We'll talk about that. Trading action in Walmart, Microsoft, and Oracle, not great this morning. Uh, we've got Zoom on our radar. They report earnings after the close today. A couple of analyst quiet periods are over. Uh, rocket companies and big commerce. So a lot of ratings on those two this morning. We have an M&A deal, Nestle buying AIMT. We'll talk about that. Our guest today is Scott Shalady, aka The Cow Guy. He will join us at the end of our show at 8.50. So we'll do ticker time before that and we'll bring Scott on for the final few minutes of the show. I will throw it to Joel now. Joel, recap for us, if you will, the overnight trade session uh good morning spencers and traders uh nice overnight move we continued on that strength on the close also from that 4:30 to 5 period we got up all the way to 35 24 50 folks there is nothing up there because this is all new territory so similar to friday you have a nice target above the market we'll keep an eye on that uh, we're three bucks off the pre-market low. Uh, that's uh, four bucks above the close. So in order to get to scratch on the session, that old time closing high from Friday, 35.04.50. Uh, taking a look at crude oil here. Crude is trying to move away from the $43 area. We've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. Up 46 cents at 43.43. Uh, gold Ended the week on a good note, but uh, down a couple bucks here, trying to get back over 2,000, down 210 at 1972.70. Silver doesn't care. Silver's going the opposite way. That's going back for its high of the move at 30 bucks. Silver trading up 39 cents at 28.18. And don't look now, Bitcoin went from the lower $11,000 handle trying to move up here to 12,000 trading up $195 at 11,825 triple d long week i guess it's a long weekend but a fun weekend how you doing oh yeah busy weekends always busy with the kids and doing some fishing the fish the perch are biting off our dock right now we're just sitting out there and the boy wants to be out there fishing non-stop we try to get out there, you know, 7.30 in the morning because that's when they're biting. We go out there near dusk and dawn. That's when they bite the most. But I had a nice smallmouth bass on yesterday morning. Uh, first cast of the day. just feel, And, they, and it's kind of like a reaction bite is what the bass does. So it hits the water, the hook, and the bass hits it right away. And I'm like, oh, this is a good one. It breaks water. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a nice one. I'm bringing it in, bringing it in. And then it pops up right by the dock, and it spits it out, and I didn't get it in. But, you know, we, I saw it. I fought it for about 30 seconds, so I saw it. But nice Do you, like, bring pass. them in and then, like, 
take the hook out and then cut the head off and scale them and eat them and everything. <laughs> we're mostly catch and release. We're mostly catch oh, and release. So. Man. Yeah. We we're 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 friendly. We're environmentalists here, so we're mostly catch and release. But we will have the odd fish fry. So not vegan. I tried that vegan thing, remember, for two weeks, and it was good, but not that good. <laughs> so we love the animals, but we also like to eat the animals. Okay, let's uh, – where do you want to go? Should we talk about the TikTok battle? Should we talk about the Apple and Tesla Let's talk split? the split. Let's okay. talk Tesla. Let's talk the split. Um, unbelievable 4 a.m. trading if you were so inclined to get up at 4 a.m. because they decided that this was just going to blast off and go back to $1,000. And they bought this thing at the 4 a.m. open up to $470. Anyways, the way I've said with splits is typically they're very strong ahead of the split. They open fairly strong on the, and, and I said, you know, there's often an opportunity to buy the stock long overnight, take it, get the split, and then sell it the next morning after post-split, which is today. So if I was long Tesla for a trade, this is where I'd be ringing the register. If I would have been up at 4 a.m., 470 would be nice, 465 would be nice, 460 would be nice. You've already leaked most of the gains on Tesla. If we go buy the book, quantitatively looking back, you know, and obviously maybe selective perception on my part, like, but like I said, I used to trade these splits all the time. They typically show weakness for a couple weeks after. So I'd be careful buying Tesla here. All right, we are we're trading at the lows of the pre-market session. Uh, we came down, we hit that 470, actually opened up 468.10 and then hit the 470. That is a new 4 a.m. gift. Yeah, 4, 4 a.m. gift. gift. Uh, you're finding support uh, at 444 right now. That seems to be the area, as you can see, on the 15-minute. And then uh, I'll make the 60-minute chart. These are all new technicals. I'm going to... I'm going to let these shake out for a few days. I like Apple being a lower price stock now, so that'd be a lot easier to do levels on. And we'll see what the price action is. But uh, both these stocks are strong, very strong ahead of it. Now let's see how they react. Let's see uh, what Apple got to. Apple Did Apple do the same thing? Yeah, I, I woke up about 5.30 and I saw Apple up significantly. So, yes, Apple pretty much did the same thing. Trade up over 128 this morning. It has already leaked back the majority of the gains as well. They're still in the green. But again, I would be cautious just thinking we're going back to that 128 because, like I said, historically, they tend to open green, meaning 930. They're going to open up because you know why? There's some orders. There's even some brokers that are poor at adjusting orders and trying to figure out the splits. There's brokers that actually screw that up. And sometimes those orders are on the book and they can hold the opening price up too. So, like I said, they tend to show strength in the pre-market and at the open. And then after the open, they tend to start fading. We'll see if it plays that way. It's already faded most of the pre-market uh, gains, just like uh, Tesla has. So I would be cautious buying Apple here for the, all those reasons I just cited. And uh, if you uh, if you got the scalpel out and you did the math on the Apple, you would have seen the August 24th high was 128.79. Uh, that was on Monday of last week. Uh, your pre-market high comes in at 128.29. So there you go. I mean, if you were holding out from 128.79, you didn't get it. But uh, numbers, I think, let's see what Tesla did in relation to its all-time old, old high. Uh, that all-time high was made on Friday. Uh, oh, that took it out by quite a bit. That was uh, 463.70. Even if you were using that as an exit point, uh, you still got a pretty good sell-off in Tesla. Uh, right now for Apple, and it's early in the session, but after hitting that all-time high at 128.70, looks like someone has a little interest here at 125.5, a 415-minute, five 15-minute candles in a row. But that could just been someone that, like, like sold the daylights out of it, you know, off the 4 a.m. open and just, hey, I'm just going to scalp two, three points out of this. I could care less where Apple goes in the regular session or for the next six minutes, six days, six months. So, uh, but glad to see it. Got a little easier trading. Uh, Tesla's still a high-priced stock of four or five, you know, $450. unreal that it did this five-for-one split and it's still $446. The impressiveness of the run from back in July, really, when the party started. I mean, the stock is up 200% basically since, you know, the 
yeah. middle of June. It's an unbelievable move for a market cap the size of Tesla to be growing like that. And obviously, you know, even when Musk was saying that he thought his company was overvalued at $750, and the stock has basically tripled since then. So, and, and also, unbelievable. So just imagine, I mean, there are people that were shorting the stock from like 300 pre-split. So, oh, you're just murdered. So, so what's that? Like, it's like $80 now? Yeah. Like, uh, oh, yeah, you're just murdered. <laughs> yeah. you, but most of the shorts, you know, and, you know, have thrown in the towel. Like, we know, we've seen that short well, interest I, I drop substantially. I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. I think there's a, I think there is oh, still, still so pretty... much. You, you can look at short interest, though, and you got to consider one thing is sometimes there's hedging tactics involved in that. You can't just take it at face value. I mean, somebody sure. could sure. be long calls and selling the stock short against their calls. And that would show up as, oh, this person is bearish, but they're actually hedged. So short interest, you know, isn't, you can't always just take it as face value because there's definitely hedging involved. I mean, when I used to do options, I would never sell, like sell the call outright. I would often, if I had calls long, I'd often be selling the stock short against it to lock it in. And especially on smaller issues, maybe not so on Tesla, but because the spreads are wider in the options, you don't have to pay the spread. The spread isn't always wide in the equities. So, you know, and that's a different story. Tesla's very liquid options, but there's a lot of other tactics and a lot of other things to consider as opposed to just looking at the short interest and say 12 or 15% of the float is completely burned on this. Yeah, along those lines, when you hear about these big option trades, I mean, you don't know what the big boys, you don't know if they're covering a position, initiating position, part of a spread, part of a hedge. It's it's uh, uh, pretty difficult. But uh, anyways, we're leaking a little bit here in the S&Ps. Nothing to get alarmed about. We're 14 handles off the high, trying to sneak into yesterday's range. But uh, that close from yesterday still looks like a good target on the downside. That's a 3504.50. So my question is to the listening audience is, so buy TikTok is bad now or the deal's not going to happen? Before you go to TikTok, I just want to say I've sure. got some overall thoughts as Tesla and Apple on the overall okay. market. And I'm and, and then we're going to go into the TikTok talk. Um, but I look at Apple and Tesla here today. They're going to be your leaders. Everybody wants to see how do these stocks react post-split. If they can hold the gains, it's very good news for the market. I personally think they're going to roll over just because that's what I've seen stock split stocks do before. If they roll over, just scenario analysis, if Tesla and Apple start to roll over after the open. It will take the rest of tech with it. So just be cautious. I'm very cautious on my tech longs here this one. I've been long, you know, so many different, you know, tech stocks there. I'm selling them out and I may initiate some, some short-term shorts on the open if Tesla and Apple start to open at the highs and start to roll over. So keep an eye on them. There could be a good opportunity. That's just scenario analysis. If Tesla and Apple don't start going red, then I'm obviously not going to initiate those shorts. But if Tesla and Apple start going red, I'm going to look to Amazon. I'm going to look to NVIDIA. I'm going to look to a lot of the components in the queues and try to put some swing trade shorts on. Just short term, obviously not betting against this overall market saying this is the top, but I'm just going from the quantitative analysis I've done in the past that if these start showing weakness, it will drag the rest of tech with it. So we're, I'm ready to strike on the short side if Tesla and Apple show weakness. So it's a nice setup today. And uh, just uh, some uh, words of advice from Mike here in the YouTube chat. <laughs> Tesla still hasn't been added to the S&P 500. That's right? a wild card. Yeah, yeah. And, That's and, in their back uh, pocket. That's the ace in the and, hole still. Yeah, and and uh, what's battery day? I'm, I'm getting charged up for that. When is battery <laughs> day? Good one. September 22nd. <laughs> okay, I mean, so... There's still a lot of catalyst uh, uh, for those. Oh yeah. Issues. Oh yeah. yeah. We're not saying it's over. I'm just saying this. You know, historically, like I said, two-week run-up before is textbook for Tesla and Apple. A two-week sell-off after would also be textbook. Are they going to go by the textbook, or are they going to just have the FOMO and people are just going to buy it anyways? We're going to find out. Yeah, and uh, also. Apple, you know, or Apple, Tesla, wherever they are in your monthly portfolio, mm-hmm. this is the end of the month, right? So, oh, wow. You yeah. are right. Yeah. That's always so, interesting, too. So yeah, the, end the of the month. Is, yeah, end of the month is always a, a good, you know, the 3.30 to 4. Sometimes you get some crazy imbalances. Sometimes you get some wicked moves. Sometimes you get some good opportunities. So end of the month is always exciting. So let's go to your TikTok news. Yeah, this is from Friday, uh, the news that uh, – Beijing has basically changed the rules of engagement here a little bit, uh, giving them giving themselves the power to essentially veto 
any sale of TikTok uh, to a U.S. company. Uh, so Microsoft, Oracle, Walmart, I guess, seen as the big three favorites right now, mm-hmm. uh, all trading down on this headline this morning. So can, can I, I ask you a question? You, are are we in a trade war with China? Aren't we just in I don't war know with China on that. everything? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. I, I, you know, I don't know. You know, now we're going to buy their company. I don't want us to buy their company. I, I, and I'm glad we don't talk politics on this show because I have no idea what's going on. But anyways, go ahead. Let's talk Walmart giving it back. Now there's not going to be a deal. Microsoft giving it back. This is a Oracle down. Headline this driven. Is tough. Tough. Headline driven. I mean, Walmart has the ridiculous 10 point pop because they might buy TikTok. I mean, a market cap of Walmart popping on that news was just a ridiculous move in itself. And it was a gift to anybody who was long. It's pulling back here this morning. Gets into the low 130s. There'll be people who potentially are even short of coming in, uh, scrambling for covers. So you've got support if you get down in the lower 130s. They're 136, you're kind of in the middle. Yeah, I mean, you could talk a 50% retracement. Maybe this headline comes back. Maybe Walmart does. But remember, Dow Jones broke the headline Thursday night that they were far apart on price. Um, that with the TikTok U.S. operations were looking for like 30 billion, and they weren't even close to that. That's what Dow Jones said on Thursday night. And for some reason, I was like, oh, they're probably going to sell Walmart off on this. They didn't. For some reason, they decide, no, we're going to buy Walmart up anyways. And Walmart rallied and made a new high on Friday, which didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. So, you know, now it's government intervention, whatever it is, the pol- pol- political side of it all. But, you know, it's down four bucks. I don't think it should have been up 10 bucks, though. So am I buying it down four? I think there's still some fluff. Lower 130s, I'd be a buyer in Walmart. 136, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Kind of middle of nowhere. And uh, it, just, it just wasn't an easy day in Walmart. Uh, it actually ended up opening at the high. And then it came in. It never got to, uh, it never got to unchanged. It came in. And then it came back and made a run at the high. So it was like a, it wasn't easy sledding in that. I've, you're right, Dennis. I'm looking at the lower 130s. I've been looking at my chops. I mean, you had I would the too. I would be five, a yeah, four or five lows in the same area on consecutive days. And then a lot of people just are like, they're spitting their head from Thursday because they just got rolled over on that day. And now they're trying to get, you know, their stock back. And it had a good earnings report and it sold off after that. So um, really, I, I like I like your 50% on this one. You know, that 130 sure. to 141, we're kind of in that the middle of that area. But man, like you said, you got to keep, if they do get TikTok, then is it going to go back to 141? And then Mr. Softy's on a little bit of pressure today too. Uh, I heard that, you know, the two companies were combining that has a potential double top in there. Uh, That's trading in the pre-market. A little bit harder to find support in in Microsoft, but I kind of like that old resistance at the 215 area. I'd be a buyer down there too. I'm already long Microsoft, but I'd be a buyer if I wasn't in Microsoft down the 215 to 220 area. I don't know if we're going to see it. And then uh, the the third child involved in this, Oracle. I don't know how serious Oracle's gotten about this. This this had a big move, uh, giving some back as well. I think I'd be more interested in this. There's a pair of lows near 56 for Oracle, but of course, you know, this all comes down to who, who gets the deal. Oracle's the stock that just goes nowhere. I've had this in my portfolio for a decade. The only reason I'm not going to sell out of it is, like I said, I bought it during the financial crisis, and I think my cost basis is $9, so I don't want to realize the capital gain, but this has not been, uh, you know, you think about what tech has done. Old tech just has been out of favor, and Oracle's still schooled up with all that old tech stocks. And those just aren't the stocks that people want to own. Kind right of now. hanging on though, Dennis. It's I mean, holding you, up, but it's, yeah. it's had the run here because of TikTok. So is it two and three points of fluff here with the TikTok thing? And then maybe if they don't get TikTok, you know, it's, it's going to go right back down. It's possible. But it's, you really think about Oracle and you think about where the NASDAQ has went and look at Oracle for the last two years. I mean, it's like kind of the same place. You look at the NASDAQ for the last two years and the NASDAQ is like up 60, 70%. So it's definitely been an underperformer, and that's because it's old school tech. They just don't like Cisco, Western Digital, Oracle, Intel. I mean, they're all kind of in the same boat. So 
you know, yes, maybe some of these are showing a little bit of life. The Intel charts starting to look a little bit with, with a little bit more life here the last couple of days, but they've been out of favor here for a while. All right, let's go to... Um, let's go to Dish and DirecTV. Oh, yeah, okay. There was a few things that were funny in my mind at once. All right, AT&T and Dish. This is from uh, Friday as well, that AT&T is... Uh, exploring uh, a sale of of its half of the uh, of direct tv that they own it's they own it jointly uh with with dish uh this this one has been in albatross since the beginning but apparently they've hired goldman sachs uh to help them offload uh the stake remember they paid about i think it was 67 uh billion dollars in, in in 2015 uh, for for, their, for it's got to be one of the worst purchases ever. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> they bought Directv at the high, at the top. They paid the top. Nobody paid more. And then we went to cord cutting, and then we went to streaming everything. You know, Netflix was, I believe, out back then. They obviously didn't think Netflix was going to come and just take over. You know, and, and start knocking cable out. But you know, Netflix was a thing back then, so it wasn't like, oh, we couldn't see this coming. You could see this coming. You could see it coming years ago. And so they've got DirecTV, and now they're looking at options for the DirecTV stake. And then for whatever reason, look, bring up the AT&T chart, Joel, from Friday night. Because, oh, look, they're looking at options to sell at DirecTV. They buy this thing up to $31.20. One, this is AT&T. The stock hardly moves. That's a huge move for it. Two, I'm going to say it right now. This is my opinion. Nobody, in my opinion, nobody's buying DirecTV. Why? Why do you want to own DirecTV? Unless it's Dish and they're trying to do synergies or something, you know, trying to get some synergies to try to survive. But who the hell wants to buy DirecTV? And they're definitely not buying it at $67 billion. They're lucky if they get $10 billion for it. I mean, what is it worth? I mean, you've got all these expense, expenses that are coming from it. People are cutting the cords like crazy on it. You can watch everything streaming all the time. What the hell do you need DirecTV for? So I don't think anybody's buying DirecTV. I think the Friday night pop in this was a gift on AT&T. Yeah, um, also, I think the pop in Dish this morning, I think every pop in Dish is a gift. I, I know the stock has held up actually fairly well, which is somewhat surprising. But I still think cord cutting eventually is coming for them. And, and you know, it's, it, it's a streaming world. And unless Dish can reconfigure their whole you know, world to just be streaming and you know, complete, compete with everyone else, it, it's tough. They're cutting the cords. I, I, it's worth pointing out that the the head of AT and T uh, who who uh, uh, had had overseen this acquisition and also the acquisition of of Time Warner uh, is no longer in charge. That was Randall Stevenson. So uh, he uh, he he sort of saw the both of these through, and these were not good deals. Neither of them, Time Warner, they weren't good at the time. Uh, right. Well, we questioned it at the time. I can remember Joel and me analyzing this on pre-market prep. We were doing it five years ago and, and trying to understand, you know, the rationale behind buying direct TV at these highs. I and just think, court just cutting think didn't just happen is, last year. Just, yeah. Just think how much technology's changed since then, you know, when it five years ago, I don't know, AT&T, I mean, this one has not bear the fruits of this rally at all. It pay. I don't dog know of say. dogs. It is a dog. It's it got is. the. But think about the businesses that are in there. I mean, it's so. Yeah, there's so much overhead too. And yes, it makes money. And yes, but you know, even the wireless business of AT and T, which is probably their darling. There's competition coming for the wireless business too. Don't kid yourself. I mean, these phones. There is no way. Apple. Right now, I'm gonna. What are we going to say, Spencer? I was going to say Apple and Google. Like, why, why wouldn't they just go there next, right? Yeah. Uh, your, what's your cell phone bill a month, Spencer? What's your cell phone bill? God, I, I just actually switched on with my girlfriend, so she's in charge of that, so I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Sorry. Can't, and can't, I'm Canadian. <laughs> it's like 100 bucks a month. What are you, Joel? How much do you pay? For, you're uh, in a package with your everybody, but yeah. you know, what, you're the, 50 to 100 bucks a month, right? I'm, I'm yeah. happy. I'm, yep. I mean, we got we got like the super full extra yeah. data, extra yeah. data, full packages. So. That's their cash cow. But I'm going to go on a limb. We'll look at this five years from now and see if I'm right. But I think that those what you're paying for your cell phone bill today, you're going to be paying a lot less 
five years from now because competition is coming. They're going to figure out a way. You know, there's companies out there trying to figure out a way to, you know, bring these costs down. The competition is coming. I think that eventually your cell phone bill is going to be significantly cheaper. And that is going to squeeze margins at AT&T. And that's why the stock's got a 6 7% dividend because I believe the market thinks that as well. Obviously, DirecTV is a mess. Um, what else is there? They've had some other bad purchases in there. It wasn't uh, just yeah. DirecTV. Well, yeah, I know. I, I'm I, mentioned, to... I mentioned Time Warner. That was a big one. Well, that's not a good one either. So, I mean, are we buy... going to need, though? Um, didn't Mr. Musk come out with like a chip you can put in your head over the weekend? So, well, will you, what? Will well, he's you... been talking about the neural. You didn't hear but... about that? Well, it, it, it's his neural. Well, why do you even need a phone then if you got a little chip in your head? You won't even need a, you won't even need a cell phone. Yeah, I don't know. What are you talking uh, about? He's, so, talking so, about, he's talking about Neuralink. That's the project that Elon Musk has been. That's one of his like side hustles that he's got along with like, you know, he's got like a dozen side businesses. Like, we're going to be cyborgs. Right. Yes. Right. So, so this Neuralink is a chip that connects to your brain and, and has, I guess, can help you overcome. I'm not sure if, if it's like disabilities or if you have a stroke. I'm not really, I'm not really sure. But uh, uh, he, I guess... They, they, they got their first uh, test patient uh, recently. So I'm going to let everybody else, you know, put the chip <laughs> in their head first. Like the vaccine, maybe I'm going to be one, you know, I'm going to be the first. I don't want to be the first on that either, but I'll be more like in, in the line, in the queue. I want to wait till Joel and Spencer get the chip in their head first, and <laughs> yeah, then maybe right. I'll think about going and getting the chip in my head because if they start beating me in trading, you know, because they're obviously going to be a lot faster than me once they have that chip in their head. Um, uh, I'm going to wait on that one, though. Okay. Sorry, Musk. I'm not in line for this. Uh, all right. Uh, 8.26. Uh, we're going to bring uh, our guest on at the end of the show at 8.50, Scott Shalady. So we'll do ticker time at like 8.40 or so. Uh, I want to go to uh, – let's go back to my list here. Uh, oh, right. How about Nest- – uh, yeah. No, no, no. I, I want to go to Nestle, and I want to go to AIMT, uh, Immune Therapeutics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel, if this one sounds familiar – it's because Immune is the company working on that peanut uh, vaccine. Uh, All right. You want to call it a uh, vaccine or uh, a cure? I want, we wanted peanut. to buy this, didn't we? Yeah. Palfre- we, we would have really took a lot of pain. Palfrezia <laughs> is the name of the drug. Uh, so Immune Therapeutics is a food allergy uh, uh, uh pharmaceutical company nestle already owned a quarter of it now they own all of it they're buying the rest of it this morning at quite a hefty premium 34.50 per share is what they're paying for the rest of this company i mean the peanut allergy i remember talking about this a while ago on the show and i was like oh i kind of like that you know idea of working you know on that problem obviously um you know peanut allergy is a significant issue i mean you can't send i I can't send a kid to school with peanut butter two-thirds of two-thirds of this show have it (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Peanut allergies, two thirds of the show. has. So it's a significant yeah. issue, man. I would, I, mean, I wish I would have known the stock was 12 bucks. Maybe we would have taken a flyer on it, well, but Dennis, I haven't looked I at mean, this for a long a, time. It, it would have been, a, it would have been horrible. It would have been horrible for a long time though. If I was in this, I would have been eating. I probably would have got shaken out because obviously we can see where the stock has went in the last year. It's went straight down. So every shareholder bailed out here uh, by Nestle and we're back at the, basically the highs. So you go from the lowest to the highs. It's a overnight windfall well, for sure. Well, they're also they're, they're bailing themselves out because they already owned a quarter of the company. They're just going to they bail themselves weird. out too. They're bailing themselves That's out. weird. We're leaking here, folks, a little bit more. Tesla's pulling off a little bit. Apple's still kind of holding. If they start steady going here. red, look out. If, okay. Oh, uh, wow. The market because they, I mean, they it was four seventy this morning. What a gift! Why didn't yeah. I wake up at four a.m.? What a gift! Four forty-five. I'm gonna say, I, I think it's going red. It's a two dollars. It's gonna I mean, go, it red, go now. red. It can go green. It can, it I don't think. Go. I think once it's go, I think it's gonna roll over today. That's my opinion. Just my opinion. Hey, that's what. That's why folks are here for. That's why they tune in every day from eight to nine a.m. Eastern. Get opinions, time. thought, and ideas. Trading ideas. Trading uh, ideas. Short tech. What, if Tesla and Apple roll over. What's um. What's on Nestle? N S T L E. It's all uh, oh, the European. Counter. Yeah, uh, so trading in Europe. Yes, actively. Uh, NSRGY. Do we care? 
Yeah, no, we don't. We don't. I would just say if I had this thing and I don't, I'd just be like, ching, I'm done, I'm out. I'm not waiting for anything. I will say AIMT, if you're wondering why the XBI is up so much today, it is all because of AIMT. It is 0.67% of the index. When a stock goes up 172%, you do the quick math and say, hey, that's a 1% move in XBI. Lo and behold, XBI is trading up 1%. So that is why if you're wondering why XBI is up 1% and the market's flat, it is all AIMT. UT Zebra. I want to talk this one here. Another SPAC becomes a stock. What yes. do we know about Uts? I don't know much about it. It's a snack and snacking company. It's been correct? around for a long time. Yeah, and then they decided to do the SPAC back here, June or whatever. And now it's actually become, I believe today, it has actually become Uts Brands. Yeah. So SPAC it, actually so, becomes the company. So the ticker, the ticker was CCH, right? It was CCH. And... Now it is, is there a- easy. Man, I, every day I'm learning, I learn about a new stock. Last week I learned that U-Haul is public. Did you know that? Yeah, I've traded U-Haul. I used to trade it for years. I, I actually that. had U-Haul preferred shares. I didn't know that until last week or two weeks ago. They, yeah, they reorged a number of years ago. They did some, you know, it wasn't like, a, they just, uh, they had to do some reorging and they changed the ticker symbol and did a whole bunch of fun yeah, things. So, so anyway, off topic, but U-Haul is U-H-A-L. It's a parent yeah. company. Uh, anyway, U-T-Z, yeah, Uts, uh, going public today. They were going to ring the opening bell, I see here. And uh, I guess snacks. I guess. You know, U-Haul, U-Haul has been a drag over the last couple of weeks. Thanks. Was that... We, I don't know if we got it. You don't get that I'm one? I'm not quite sure I got that either. You know, you pull your U-Haul. All right. Okay. That was a bad one. I'm stretching. Well, because the stock's been going up. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I said the last couple weeks it's been oh, okay. a drag. A pull. Strike that. Spencer, can you strike that, that one, for the Joel. record? Sure. Strike that one for yeah. the record. Okay. Crickets. Uh, yeah. UTZ uh, snacks is, is, is what Dennis wanted to discuss. I don't know anything more than you, which is that it's- What kind of snacks? It's odds it's it's brands, right? So, what do they got? What kind of snacks? Do we eat any of their snacks? Well, let's look it up. Spencer's getting us the Uts brand snacks names. It, it, it's it's pretzels and chips. I mean, that's like well, I eat pretzels and, and, and chips popcorn. sometimes. Like, uh, isn't that it? Like, yeah, that's what that's it. So exciting and i just wonder (laughs) is there a trade here just to buy all the spacks like did we we knew this was going to become this wasn't like all of a sudden it just announced it overnight did it did we didn't we know this was going to become us we've known this for a while uh i i haven't known this for a while but if you're saying it was out there i believe you i I think it was i remember talking about it even so and now all of a sudden it becomes us and it pops 15% because it actually, so is there a play just own these facts like the couple days before they're actually going to become the companies? I'm, I'm asking, I haven't looked at this, but I'm, 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 I'm selective perception here. I'm wondering if there's just a play there. Like you find out the date, Here's the that play. they're actually going to become the company. You buy this back a day or two before it and take it into it. And boom, you did that overnight. You're making 15% this morning, you're making even more. It's $23 this morning. Who the hell is trading at 4 a.m.? Somebody really lost a lot of money trading at 4 a.m. This trade 23 bucks. Stop. That's crazy. These algos, man, they're crazy algos. So a company defines ETFs has filed with the SEC for a SPAC ETF. That would be cool. So it would just be an ETF of holding companies. A SPAC ETF. That's not a bad idea. No. Yeah. I would so, invest in that because these SPACs are just awesome. Well, well it doesn't have regulatory, regulatory approval yet, but when it does... <laughs> The SPACs just keep going. I mean, you think about all these SPACs. What are they? Rip them off for me. Oh, there's, I don't know. There's like 25 of them. Half of them Uh, are electric car companies now. Like Spencer is the best one. That's Shell. Yeah. How back was this? An SHLL. I don't. I I had that thing at 22, and I sold it. I got stopped out like 21, and it went to 40. Boy, it's holding up. What do you think, Spencer? Technically. I, I I looked I looked I was I saw I was up a hundred percent and I swore I said stop looking. Um, what what do I think? I don't have any thoughts technically. I don't know. I mean I I got a big position in SPAQ. I, I here's here's one that hasn't went. It's the Fisker <laughs> one, right? SPAQ. I got a big position in this because I just look at it and think probably gonna get hot eventually. So I'm hanging out, been hanging out with this. I'm kind of flattening. I bought twelve higher 12s it's 13 11 here this morning 
I think eventually this one gets hot too. I mean, you can see back in July, eventually these stories just get hot and they, when they become the actual companies, they might get popped too. Sometimes it takes a little while and you got to hang out in these things for a while. The LCA one was a dog for a long time and it's starting to show a little bit of life, but not like your SHLL. It's just been a monster, but eventually it seems like all these things get Wait, hot. I, I also bought GMHI for like a trade trade last week and that one has not been. What's that one becoming though? That that's one's becoming something that's not that. Well, cool. it, it's it's autonomous vehicles. It's not. Oh autonomous. well, as long as you got the autonomous part, and maybe we should buy that one too. I oh, I, mean, I, I don't did. know. I'm underwater. I did. <laughs> I'm mean, much underwater. Things only down fifty cents. Um, These yeah. things move around, and obviously sometimes. But but from my. And when I've been trading these things, eventually they seem to go. I don't know. We're new to this SPAC thing. It's only really been hot for the last six months. Yeah. So we're still learning a lot here, but I don't mind having a few of these things. Obviously, you know, you can't look at it from a valuation perspective, but they've all got stories. And then they become the, the companies, and then the story gets hot. You know how I like stories. So I, like, I, I buy that SPAC ETF, as long as I'm not paying a huge premium. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of things out there. Yeah, there are. There's like a dozen. Chat's thrown us DPHC. There's a whole pile of these yeah. things. STSD. Uh, I don't know if that one is one. And, and so Diamond Peak, uh, isn't that? That's DPHC. Isn't that going to be? Um, God, I can't can't keep them all straight. That's going to be Lordstown. That's also EVs. So Which one's that one? That's 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 the DPHC. The, yeah, that's the company. So Lordstown is the company that like the CEO of Workhorse. When when left right. became right. the CEO of Lordstown, but the uh, workhorse is an investor in Lordstown, I believe. Um, and yeah, that's that's like the electric pickup truck. So there's so many of these guys. I can't keep them all straight. Uh, this and, and they, could they be. All, they all sound like good. Like that's the thing is they all sound like cool businesses, right? Like DraftKings sounds cool. Virgin, that one was a huge money maker. Virgin Galactic sounds cool. Electric vehicles. It all it all sounds cool. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. I, I, that's that's sometimes all that matters is a hot story at least in this market so far unless we really start to you know eventually show some weakness here um overall the story still is what matters but i maybe maybe we should go talk workhorse you mentioned it this chat has asked for workhorse here and we could do yeah, some quicker time started early they've asked for workhorse here's like a dozen people asked there's, about there's, it. there's a headline this morning what is the headline they announced so if you see the stock the chart the stock is up here they announced a uh, a deal with uh hitachi which will review workhorses uh i guess uh operations and provide support and recommendations on their production of their cars uh, or trucks so um what a consolidation period. I will say that. Yep. You're in consolidation station. If you want to strike, um, that's when you strike is when the stock is in consolidation station. I tried. I bought this about four days ago, and it got a pop. It, it, it popped like uh, for a couple of days. I sold out of it on the pop because I, I, I made like 20% in like a couple of days. Um, and it's come back down to almost where I bought it. Well, it would have. It's, now it's, up, yeah. it's popping back up this morning. 1760 again it's all about the contract are they going to get that one or not so i think it's just hanging out and waiting till we get news on whether they get this contract or not they don't get it, it's going under 10 bucks they get us probably popping over 30 so it's that, that's what it's, it's a binary event it's i guess going to keep hanging out here until fa they figure it out whether they get this contract or not uh let's just go with last week's high i mean you did sprint over 18 uh in the pre-market you have fallen back uh, looking at the high from last week, that's way up at 18.98. So that's a buck away. A couple other times you cleared 18, got to 19 and a half. That's you know major resistance, kind of in a trading range, and it seems like it's doing it quite often. Uh, just hard to pick a spot. I use that pre-market high as an initial target at uh, 18.05, but then on the dailies. You don't have a lot up there until last week's high. Uh, great support. Like you said, it, it, a lot depends on the deal. Quiet for a long time, man. This thing has been sleepy, sleepy, sleepy for a long time. Okay, let's go. Techers, pound right. them out. There, Lead there the way, Mr. Israel. A few that are on my list and on the chat list. So there's three stocks today that either analyst quiet periods are up, meaning they're, uh, the analysts that underwrote the IPO are free to comment. Those are Rackspace, Rocket, and Big Commerce. RKT, RXT, BIGC. Those are the three that I'm talking about right now. Uh, our, uh, let's see, uh, Rackspace and Rocket, RKT, RXT, pretty much par for the course there. You're seeing a lot of 
buys and a lot of neutrals. The one that I'm curious about is big commerce, BIGC. You don't often see underwriters come out and give the stock a sell rating, but that is what's happening this morning with uh, Morgan Stanley giving it an underweight. So I'm seeing seven or eight ratings here in big commerce. They're all neutral with the exception of Morgan Stanley, which is underweight. I don't see a single buy. That, that's unbelievable. I mean, that's why the stock's down 13 bucks. If all the underwriters come on, they don't put a buy on it. You underwrote this stuff, and now you're telling me not to buy it. And if you're more saying, tell me to sell it. But Dennis, it went. It, it's it, run. Yeah, yeah. It's run. So we'll give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt. But usually, that's very unusual for analysts very to unusual. come out there and come out with a sell rating on something they underwrote. So. Like I, and obviously, I'm not following the story. I'm just believing Spencer Israel that they were an underwriter on this. But down down 10%, it, it's deserved. Like I mean, I, that's why I would think it would go down is something like that because usually they come out and they're all positive. Sometimes these things go down and they're all positive because we expect them to all be positive. Everybody comes out neutral and one comes out actually negative. That's not good for um, you know momentum, I'll tell you that much. And it was an ugly candle on Friday too. Stock opened up. Obviously, we had the blow-off top back to Thursday. Stock went to... 138 blew off to 162 it's probably gonna be a long long time before it gets back there again so now it has work to do i don't not interested in this at all until first of all stops going down maybe get a couple lows in the same area maybe start to turn because these things don't turn on a dime i mean you know you can look and not obviously nothing to do with it but ayx is a good example alterx i bought that fairly early and i took some heat on it i was too early on it and you know it, it took like a couple of weeks before it started to show some life and even at that it hasn't shown much life when companies come out and, you know, you have, you know, negative, you know, from the analyst community on it like that, yeah. it, it takes a while to, to, to get that sentiment back turned positive right now. So, you know, the overall sentiment to this is turned negative now all of a sudden and people are caught long. So it's going to take some work to start to get the Momo going back in this one again. All right. So uh, we got the big C. I mean, if it's had a, a very big move. It's had about a hundred point move, right? Yeah. Sixty to what sixty? Massive rally. Yeah, maybe you know one. You might see that one hundred to one. You could see one hundred on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, that might be uh, some potential. About down fourteen bucks. Not too far off the lows of the pre-market session. So it looks like you got a little more to go on the downside. And then what's the symbol for? Um, Rackspace? Yeah. RX. RXT. I had it overnight. The reason I had it overnight is reports tonight. So I always like, you know how I buy my stocks before they report. And obviously, I'm, I got lucky. A lot of analysts came out positive on it. I've already sold it because I'll take the immediate buck on it. Um, just for an overnight trade, it's 5%. It's a, it's a damn good overnight trade. Um, but, you know, the technicals look okay on this. It's all going to matter what it does tonight, though. I mean, what's the, what's the numbers look like? What's the earnings report? So, yeah, a little, you've got the pre-earnings run here, helped by the analyst community. What does it do? It all, all that matters is earnings tonight. Why does that sound so familiar, Rackspace? Mm, uh, I just uh, I don't know what's in your head. <laughs> don't know. Don't you don't know, know what's in Joel's head a lot of times. Okay. Yeah, no one does. I don't know why. And then Rocket yeah. is a stock that we've talked about for a, a, a lot of times. We know I screwed this one up. I was in it. Jason talked me into it, which was a, the right move. But then I didn't like the technicals. And I sold it and scratched the trade, basically. And I could have made a lot of money. Uh, again, this reports this week, too. What day is uh, Rocket Report, Spencer? It reports yeah. this week. Well, I mean, they already pre-reported. So. Yeah, but we've seen this in Foot Locker, so I like this setup. We, are, we know the earnings are going to be good because right. they already pre-reported and they were right. good. Wednesday after the, clo- after the close. Ah, so there you go. I might actually take this long into the report. It works with Foot Locker. I might do it again, take it actually into the report because we already know the numbers are going to be good. And the market is just, you know, this is the dumbest market ever that they're like, oh, man, I'll go so buy it because they beat. And they don't, we already know they're going to beat. They already said it. That worked with Foot Locker like a charm. Unbelievable it worked with Foot Locker. They announced that they were, they, they were going to beat. They pre-announced. Then the stock sold off. Then they announced the earnings. And they beat and they bought it. I was like, well, we already knew they were going to beat. So maybe this is just a replay. So I think I might buy Rocket right ahead of the report unless it really runs up a lot. Or 30 not, bucks. 30 bucks. Big number. But that, yeah. the technicals don't matter. When you're coming into earnings, I yep. mean – it's hard you know it's it's all it's going to matter obviously is you know what what they look like what do the earnings look like we kind of know they look good wouldn't surprise me this takes off maybe it goes up ahead of it just because people speculating like me that hey 
We already know the earnings are going to be good. So the algos are dumb enough to just buy it on the good earnings we already know about. I mean, when you're in, when you're looking at this stock, I mean, how can you not look at uh, Toll Brothers here? And uh, let's just go uh, broad stroke here. The home the, builders? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're hot. I mean, it is uh, – the market is just hot. And, um, the real estate market is on fire. I know. Fire. For know. houses, it's on fire. I know. And why is that? Because, you know, you're like we said, multiple things. I mean, you know, people are moving out from the cities to the suburbs. So suburb houses are going and people are, you know, excited to live out there. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's some of the riots going on. Somebody's making a point. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons why people are like more interested in living in houses right now. The housing market's crazy. Like I said, I sold my house and it, it sold 70, you know, thousand dollars above ask. I mean, um, you know, and obviously, and it's worth it. I mean, that's where the houses are right now. That's not like out of the norm for, you know, at least in Canada for houses to sell way above the ask. I had eight people trying to buy my house. So it's, it's a hot real estate market. And they're a direct, uh, direct beneficiary. And also, but, but uh, the driver too on the housing market is the input costs. Yeah. I mean, lumber has taken off. So you have the housing home builders, Joel, just to continue your point. Yeah. The, the home builders are, you know, on fire here too because, you know, like, everybody, the, the housing prices – and housing prices are going to continue to go up if the input costs on the homes keep going up because you've got lumber, you've got labor, you've got everything continuing to go up there. They're building, you know – they were building years ago 200 bucks a square foot. Now it's 300 bucks a square foot. Now in high end, it's 400 bucks a square foot. I mean, as those, you know, prices to build continue to go higher, it continues to drive existing home prices higher too, because people can look and say, okay, well, I can build this home. It's going to cost me 600 grand, or I can go buy the same home that's 20 years old for 400 grand. So that's going to continue to drive up prices too. As long as the input costs keep going up, they say we don't have inflation, but holy man, do we have it in the housing market. Give me the symbol on uh, lumber here. Does anyone know what I'm looking at? For my trade station, I should know this. I'm not a commodity trader, so I have no idea. I know, I know lumbers went up a lot. What, what's ETF then? Try what's LB. E Try LB. Uh, like like uh, uh, at LB. Okay. Try not L brands. No, not L brands. Yeah. What should I sell that, Dennis? No, huh. it's not. Um, it's not. LB. I hate L brands. I've been dead wrong about it all the way up here. I, I, it's not. It's not LB. It's not Is L it at LL? I know that. will help with this. LL, they're saying. Try at LL. Well, there's little lumber liquidators making lumber a liquidators. <laughs> <laughs> there, there we go. On the tan, there we go. Lumber liquidators. Here, here. The, the ETF is wood. There you go. Oh, what an wood. obvious one. There you go. Look at wood. <laughs> I'll tell you, that's a good. That's a good ticker right there. We never did do the good ticker ticker show. We will. We, we, will. we will. Wood. Wow. See, there you go. Lumber okay. are going I up. Can't believe I'm looking. At, I have my trade station pulled up, but uh, anyways, do we do we have a guest in the background here, yeah, Spencer? Uh, yeah. A little bit That's, early. I'll be here in a. Uh, yeah, I'll bring him on in a couple. Let's do one more, one or two more tickers first. Give them to me. Let's do Neo. Go, oh, Joe. Oh, you take this one. I'm 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 actually still have a small piece of Neo. The I, uh, I'm going to take this one on because offering 17 bucks, they got the price. Right. Yeah. There you they go. I should have sold it all. I sold out the offer. I sold out some of the stock in the 19s because I knew the offering. I just announced it. And I should have sold it all. I kept a small piece just for fun. That wasn't that much fun. I was down at 17. So you get those offerings, just sell a stock. If it only goes down 30, 40 cents <laughs> like it did on Friday at one point in time. I think it almost got flat on Friday. That's absolutely ridiculous when the offering was coming. I didn't think it was going to have to go that far in the hole. That's a long ways in the hole. Does that cook the story? It cools it off for a while. So I got a small piece left. Wish I would have sold it all. Except for biotech. Sometimes biotechs. Uh, yeah. Well, Neo's right. doing it for growth too. Right, so it's exactly. doing it for the right reasons, but it cools them off for a while sometimes. So, you know, this thing was hot, went from 1450 up to over 21. They do the offering, immediate cools off story. Nothing cools off momentum like dilution. And then real, real fast before we run out This one's Scott, Joel. Send two to Joel. I just took the last two. Real, real fast. Um, let's do Abbott, ABT, Abbott Labs. Uh, really never gave anything back. Uh, ooh, look at that. You just have a, it's clear. You guys know how simple my technical analysis is there. As long as you stay above this double bottom here, 109.50, uh, it's all north here. It's nice. It's just, it's looking kind of tired. It got up almost matching range day, trade to range.com. Uh, 114, 114.20, 109.52, and 109.41. Uh, lower close. I keep an eye one eleven twenty nine. That's a high close of the move, but uh, almost an in, a little bit of an outside inside day matching ranges. Uh, 
go with it on that one. All right, we'll bring on our guest now a couple minutes earlier. Scott Shalady, he's a, also known as the Cal Guy, runs the Cal Guy group. Uh, Scott, good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? We are hanging in there. How 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 has this market been treating you for the past few weeks? Uh, you know, it's um, obviously I think August is hard be, just because we get some weird moves and it's it's that time of year. Today's a a holiday in Europe or at least in, in England. So it's, uh, I, I would say treading water. I, I'm not going to say that we've been killing it, but August was a fantastic month too. So I didn't think it was that easy. Wait, I feel dumb. What, 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 what is, what is, uh, what's the holiday? I don't know. There's an August bank holiday in Europe. Oh, okay. It, uh, just a bank holiday. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it would, that will, that'll, that will add to less volume and it just, it can cause trouble. You know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Scott, as far as today is concerned, you know, we were thinking, we were talking earlier about just how maybe, you know, Apple and Tesla just could set the tone for the day. Are you watching those as, as your indicators for today? In light of the yeah, I mean, everybody's been on already this morning talking about Apple and the stock split and nobody, you know, everybody's talking about, well, look, for over the last 30 or 40 years, we've lost 50% of our investable stocks, right? So we have um, four times as much money ch chasing half as many stocks. There, there, there's a story there, but that's for another show. Uh, but now we've got this stock that's, you know, splitting, and, and that's going to make it, uh, I guess, um, a little bit more manageable for smaller traders to get involved. Um, and everybody's talking about what that might do to the stock. But what I find funny, and it's a little bit old-fashioned myself, is nobody's talking about what Apple's doing as a business that might affect the stock, right? So are we, are we, are we searching for something to talk about that is, you know, that dark that we have to think about? Well, if they're, you know, way more people are going to be coming to the market because they're buying the stock. Obviously, I think the stock's already it's got its bump after it announced. It's it's had a huge bump after it announced. Um, but just because the stock splits makes it cheaper for more people to get involved doesn't automatically mean that Apple's running a better business, right? So I I, I try to separate the two. Just like um, this V-shaped recovery everybody's been talking about. We've absolutely had the V-shaped recovery, but it's only been in the equity market. It hasn't been in the economy. <laughs> True. And I, uh, there's, that's a tale of two cities. And I would say this, um, I'd argue the fact that I think our economic indicators have actually weakened a tad over the last three or four weeks rather than strengthened. It'll be very interesting to see what these jobs numbers come in on Friday. But we've had, uh, the, you know, the, the, everybody asks me all the time, how can we have, you know, the stocks where they're trading? Look, I've been standing on a, a soapbox preaching into the abyss. We, we've got these governors running our economies at 90 miles an hour into a brick wall, only allowing our service sector to be open at 25 to 50% of their revenues, basically, and then having to pay 100% of their overheads, taxes and, and, and rent. And I just think that's absolutely insane. And I know we've got this aircraft carrier of job losses. We had American uh, you know, report last week that they're gonna be firing 19,000 people because they're running out of this, you know, the government program, money's running out. That's gonna continue to happen here. So we really have to start doing better or that aircraft carrier of negative news is going to weigh on us, I think, a little bit. So uh, I, I think that's why you've got the VIX a little bit twitchy. Uh, and I, I think that I, I, to any number of things out there that are telling me that I'm getting more of a flashing yellow because we're, we're, we're five trillion dollars is the answer to why we're here. That's it. You know, if you if you maybe I told you this or not, but if you take a million seconds, put them back to back to back to back. You know that equals? That equals about, I think, um, 11 and a half days. A billion seconds back to back to back if you spread it. That's like 31.75 uh, years, 31 and three quarter years. A trillion seconds, yeah. 31,710 years. But, but at the same time, you know, we, we've come all this way. You, anyone just who's been sitting on the sidelines is just, Oh, been out of luck, and they've missed it. I know it took me it took me twenty five years in the market to realize there's two different things out there: what should happen, what's gonna happen. Right, and what's happening? What's happening? And then, well, the, what's happening is that the government. You cannot tell me that this economy is firing on all cylinders, and it's one hundred percent. We're we're better than we were because we got stocks at an all time record high. We are where we're at from one simple, two simple reasons: five trillion dollars, or whatever it comes out to be in the end. And the Fed that said that they're going to be there to backstop, but we're not raising rates until we're all about 106 years old. That's the reason. There are, I mean, fundamentally speaking, these companies are doing better. They're coming off of a lockdown. We're, we're, we're all excited about it, but it, we're, we're not anywhere near where we need to be with, look at the restaurant. Look at how bad it's going to be. I mean, I go into Chicago to do TV shows three days a week. 
the concourses of all those major buildings that have three to six or seven little shops that need to have that building full for them to even make a little bit of money are all gone. Yeah. We're not even talking about that. Okay. So all of the small businesses, the 20% out of business, no way. It's way over 50 if you ask me. So I think that that's going to continue to, we really need to start catching up here uh, or you're, you're going to start to see this news really roll over in my mind. But I mean, hey, $5 trillion covers a lot of ills. There's no arguing in the huddle when you get $5 trillion. Okay, so... Yeah, Dennis, go ahead. I was going to say, how much does inflation play? Uh, in, in the, you know, obviously, we've seen still the consumer still wants to buy things. They're still out there. They're just buying in different ways. Like, it's definitely not good for these concourses, and it's not good for physical businesses that have storefronts because people aren't going to stores as much. But how much does inflation play into, you know, even what we're seeing in the equity markets? I think I think we've got inflation out there. We're just not measuring it, you know, and that's always been the case. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's been you. the case for 50 years. I mean, I yeah. think, and the government and the, the Fed's trying to buy inflation, right? They've been trying to buy inflation since 08. They want to have that problem. They just can't get it. They should just I throw mean, look, some things back into the index and they'd have inflation. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly right. And, you know, every every administration since you know, 1940s has played around with what is in the inflation calculation because they always are worried about it. But that's, a, again, that, that's another show. Uh, but, I, you know, before I came on, you were talking about the housing market, right? And by the way, be careful about lumber. It's a CME product, but I mean, there's not a lot of people in there. So it's like Hotel California. You can get in, you know, you can check out. <laughs> right? So be careful yeah. about lumber. It's a great product, but again, Hotel California. But number two is that, look, part of those inputs that you talked about are the 30 years at what, 2.8, 2.9 mortgages? Yeah. Okay, so we can say the housing market's great and that looks good for the economy, but the housing market's great. A lot of it is due to the fact that you can get a really cheap mortgage now, but why are rates so low if things are so great? Yeah. So, so you have to kind of, you have to check yourself and go, wait a minute. If we were really killing it, there's no way you're getting a mortgage at 2.9% or even 3%. Okay, so, so, so Scott, so where, where would you go with your money though? That, that's part of the question is there, there is nowhere else to go with your money. I hear, I wrote an article this week, week and it was called, it's the name of my high school band, Tina FOMO and the Fed, right? I mean, that's what's behind this. There's no other alternative. We're all fear, we're afraid of missing out. And so we've got everybody crawling over each other because um, their investment uh, skills now are just worried about the thing going up and they didn't, they weren't involved, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. And the Fed is there, and they've said that they're there the backstop. And so you just have to take a little bit of a reality check. Look, we have the world's largest, arguably the largest economy in the world at 22, 23 trillion, uh, but we've got a 10 year interest rate at 73 bips. I mean, think about that. And a 30 year at 2.9% when it comes to mortgages. I mean, so I, I just, these numbers, these jobs numbers are going to get more and more critical, and it's going to have a large part to do with the election as well. That's going to be a great wrench to throw in there, which is going to give us all opportunities. And yes, cash is an asset class, right? We always can remind ourselves that that's the case. You don't always, I'm the one, uh, you know, we have, I've been involved with a money management firm. I, I understand the arguments versus trying to play the market versus being in the market all the time. Uh, but I think that this has been an historic run. Look, it took us 103 years to get 10,000 points on the Dow the first time around. We did it in five months this time. That's crazy. And I don't think it's, it's just, you just need to sometimes check yourself and look in the mirror and go, Ooh, this, this, this is kind of weird. What about gold? Where, where's gold playing? Uh, you know, I, this is another one that like, I love how you guys admit sometimes you get stuff wrong. I'm not a gold bug. I, you know, okay. And, and so what happens is this, my only, my, my only talking point for gold over the last six weeks was, Hey, if you, if you've had it since 2011, you just broke even have a party. Right. So look what the stock market's done since 2011 and look what your gold's done. You just got back to break even, but the stock market's gone up 300%. So that's kind of why I'm not a gold bug. But I also do understand that if we ever do get inflation, and that's why people run out and get gold on board, you know, inflation's going to affect things that hurt when you drop them on your foot, you know, land, gold, that type of uh, asset. And so as long as that's I mean, even though we've seen gold make its move, it's still back to prices that we had nine years ago. What and about crude? What about crude? I mean, you're looking at me, some, 
it's some of these stocks, I mean, they're like, hello. I mean, I don't want to go negative 40 because it really didn't trade there. It's gone to 8 to 43, 44. It's un- they're still full. Why are they still full margin on crude? This thing is dead in the water here, and the stocks are worse. Talk to us about energy stocks. You're, you're, you're exactly right. And that, you know, what that tells me, that tells me that nobody's expecting any serious inflation anytime soon. That's a great indicator. I like to see what those prices are going out. And it's, not, it's just telling us that we don't think anything's going to go crazy anytime soon here. So again, you're right. That one is another one where, boy, if things were really that great, you'd see oil start to really tick up significantly. I mean, we're still underneath where we need it to be to make some money. And so I, I, that is a great indicator. Um, the 10 year yields, a great indicator. Those types of, that 30 year mortgage, you know, 30 year mortgage at 2.9%. I mean, what's the difference between 2.9 and 3.2? You know, a couple of beers a month, right? Depending on what your mortgage is. That still tells me that we're not doing very well. And I don't think arguably, I, yes, we had great unemployment numbers going into this pandemic, but there were some cracks anyway. And so we need to kind of find a way to bring it all together. And I think that, yeah, I got, I, I'm, I, you could tell right now that I've got the flashing yellows on big time. I think that the things come so hard, so fast. If granny you know, died tomorrow and left me $5 million. Am I going to try to earn the corner office by putting it in the market right now all, all at once? Probably not. Most and election, not. too, coming up. Right. Uh, I mean, you're going yeah, to get opportunity. You're going to get great opportunities, but I, I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm all in now, for sure. One more, one more. Uh, the banking sector. It seems like, you know, the XLS, seems like these stocks are owned for a couple days and then they go right back down. And the way you're talking about, you don't talking about interest rates going up anytime soon. JP Morgan, the best in breed. <laughs> what are you looking at in the I, banking know, I'm, sector? I'm a, and I'm a Debbie Downer there. I, you know, I think, uh, <laughs> okay. I think that we can run to zero rates in the States. I really do. Um, I don't think, obviously, you know, and then that's, no one's going to give me a, you know, a trophy for saying that when we're only 75 bips away, right? And with no big deal. Uh, but I think that uh, you'll find, and I think that that's what the 30-year mortgage rate's telling us and what the crude oil's telling us. And that even though we've had some, uh, you know, look, we've put 10,000 Dow points on in five months, and we've seen the 10-year yield go from 0.63 to 0.73. So, this, I think they're going to struggle. The banking sector, any, any business that's, that relies on part of their cash flow from decent interest rates, and a lot of them got a bid when we looked like we were starting to raise interest rates a while back. I think that they're going to struggle. I think that's going to be a difficult thing. Although, you know, Buffett overnight bought, you know, put some money in some Japanese banks. Yep. So maybe he sees something that I don't. But they're the classic example of not really having any, uh, you know, traction because of low interest rates. All right, Scott Lady is the founder of the Calgary Group. Scott, thanks a lot for the time. All right, guys. Have a great week. Thanks. All right. Uh, while we were on with Scott, Novavax announced a deal with uh, Canada. The, the government's going to buy uh, 76 million doses of their vaccine. So NVAX popping off that headline, though it's off the highs. I think all Novavax rallies to be sold. Yeah. I, I, I took a lot of heat when I hated on this at 150. It's 107 now, now 113. I still don't like Novavax. I think the story is over. All right. Um, I w- GE. Yeah, GE. We're going red here. Hold on, we're going red here a little bit. We haven't given any love to GE this morning, and uh, JP Morgan's too has not given any love to it either. He sees the fair value below five (gasps) dollars and has pulled his price target altogether now. So, I mean, we know this is one of the big bears on GE, and he is saying there is a lot more downside potentially here. You know what, Uh, Tusa and. John Inch were the two that we, we listened to. Maybe we should ring John up uh, from Gordon Haskett. Yeah, because we've had John on the show lots of times. See, see where he's at on GE. Yeah, get his thoughts here again. I said I will not get bullish on GE until Tusa and Inch both get bullish, and that has just not occurred. Okay. So I look here. GE has not participated in the rally. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. And it's down here today, probably deservingly so. This is the quiet story. The stock actually could really get smacked. Um, you know, you know, you have another analyst. It's got to be. At what point in the time do you throw in the towel on this? Yeah, why I would mean, you still keep covering it? You know. Right? Well, well, and what point in time as an investor? There's so many people who are investing in G and they think this is going to be a turnaround story. You know, yeah, we've had a new CEO and we've tried this and we've tried that. The company's just done everything wrong for for a decade or longer. So it's hard to just turn this around. There's so much debt. There's so many issues here. I mean, I look at Honeywell in comparison to General Electric, and you think, wow, you know, at one point in time, 
a lot of overlap in businesses here. And now, geez, just I don't even know what they are anymore. I don't know what they are anymore. So light bulbs, light bulbs, <laughs> and appliances that work forever. It just yeah, that's cannot, your problem. Well, that's a problem with that too. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Plant, plan. What do they say? Plant obsolescence. Plant obsolescence. Oh wow, Dennis, Look going at this. deep into the yeah. high school. <laughs> Actually, I used that in college for military, talking about military work. But um, I don't know. We we got a little fade going on here, folks. A uh, little bearish talk. Keep an eye, eye on Apple and Tesla. Keep an eye on them. They're fading too. They are yep. down significant pre market highs. I believe they go red today. All right. I don't get paid unless we hit 300 likes per episode. So I want to see. Oh, this. man. I'll help you out here. Yeah, it's one, it's one, I just went. I was the 159th one. <laughs> I, I was the 159th I appreciate your support. I liked my own show. I appreciate your support. All right. I want, <laughs> I, I want to thank our guest, uh, Scott Schlady. Thanks to all of you in our chats. There's the chat on YouTube. There's the chat on Benzinga.com slash pmarket-prep. And there's the chat on Benzinga Pro. Uh, you can always catch a replay of our show on YouTube or on our podcast, all the major podcast platforms. Please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Joel and I will be back at 3.40 p.m. Eastern time at the same place. Until then, everyone, have a good you rest. You got paid, 3.07. There we go. <laughs> BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.